Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Let's take a quick break. You know what's one of my favorite things to do post-dancing rehearsal? Not going to lie, it's putting on some sweatpants immediately and having a drink. You all know I love a glass of wine or two, but I also like to switch it up. So lately, Jason and I have been making a little cocktail at night using Rum Haven. Rum Haven believes Mother Nature did things right, so it's crafted using real coconut water and not using artificial preservatives or flavorings. It is so incredibly refreshing. I mentioned I like to add it to a cocktail, but it's also actually great over ice with a splash of club soda. It tastes like I'm on vacation, sitting on an island somewhere far, far away which is without a doubt a great feeling, especially during these crazy times. So make sure to follow at Rum Haven on Instagram because they post all types of these seasonal recipes. They do giveaways and tips. Plus, when you go to discover.rumhaven.com, you can find their latest blogs, quizzes, and any promotions they have going on. On one of their latest blog posts, they actually have some tips about planning your virtual watch party, which is pretty perfect since everyone's favorite reality show is back on Tuesdays. Be sure to have a little virtual drink with me, sip some rum haven, maybe even while you're listening to the pod. Let me know what you think. Celebrate more for less at HomeSense. More yummy, the best cookware by far. And three cheers for bar. More I love it gifts from chocolate to spa to ooh la la. HomeSense, cheer is here. Hey Collider fans, it's Josh Nepp from the Heroes Podcast. You can support this show by taking a quick five-minute online survey to help keep this show free to download with minimal advertisements. Your responses will help connect advertisers to our audience so you can hear about products and services that matter to you. The survey is short and completely anonymous. Just visit podcastone.com slash mysurvey and fill it out. It can be completed in under five minutes. Thanks for all your continued support of Collider and all of our great podcasts here on Podcast One. Let's take a quick break. You know what's one of my favorite things to do post-dancing rehearsal? Not going to lie, it's putting on some sweatpants immediately and having a drink. You all know I love a glass of wine or two, but I also like to switch it up. So lately, Jason and I have been making a little cocktail at night using Rum Haven. Rum Haven believes Mother Nature did things right, so it's crafted using real coconut water and not using artificial preservatives or flavorings. It is so incredibly refreshing. I mentioned I like to add it to a cocktail, but it's also actually great over ice with a splash of club soda. It tastes like I'm on vacation, sitting on an island somewhere far, far away which is without a doubt a great feeling, especially during these crazy times. So make sure to follow at Rum Haven on Instagram because they post all types of these seasonal recipes. They do giveaways and tips. Plus, when you go to discover.rumhaven.com, you can find their latest blogs, quizzes, and any promotions they have going on. On one of their latest blog posts, they actually have some tips about planning your virtual watch party, which is pretty perfect since everyone's favorite reality show is back on Tuesdays. Be sure to have a little virtual drink with me, sip some rum haven, maybe even while you're listening to the pod. Let me know what you think. Ultimate preparedness. I can't even speak. What's going on, everybody? It's Heroes 255. I was going to say ultimately prepared to rock this show, but I'm not. I can barely speak right now. Josh, if you're watching Wednesday, we're going to talk about Tony, Tony, Bobby, Tom, and Joker. Oh, that's right. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. We got Koi in Hello. the house. We got Robert Meyer Burnett in Hello the house. Hello there. And uh, my, myself, who can barely speak right now. It's Wednesday. Let's get right into it, man. The Eternals. 
Are they going to be in Avengers 4? We're talking about, like, time jumps and all kinds of stuff. Maybe some delicious Kang drink. I know it's Tang, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what do you think about Avengers 4? You know, what is it going to be called? There's some people saying, like, there was a logo that came, but somebody was like, I snapped a picture of Fallen Heroes. I don't think it's going to be called Fallen Heroes. That could be just their work in progress, their title that they're using while they're shooting stuff. And they're maybe shooting it with other actors where they're like, so actors don't ruin it. They're like, it's called this. And, you know, so who knows? Are the Eternals going to be in the Avengers 4? They're going to just, like, hint at them again. We've seen Celestials. We've seen the footage in the very first Guardians of the Galaxy. Totally saw Celestial. That's when when all those little droplets started happening. You're like, this is real. This is part of the established Marvel Cinematic Universe, their cosmic universe. Celestials are real, which means Deviants are real, which is basically what Thanos is. So, So what about the Eternals? Will they introduce one of the characters? What do you think, Robert? I think so, because what Thanos did had universal ramifications. Yeah. And I don't think the Eternals are going to be too happy. And I, I think somebody, or, or they're going to have to tie it in somehow. They've, they've now announced that they're developing an Eternals film. Right. So why not? I mean, they've slowly been moving us into the cosmic realm. What if we see an Eternal in Captain Marvel? Totally. I mean, there, there is a way, I think that there is, there is something to be said for that. Look, they plan these movies out very, very well. The, the, nothing, is, nothing is random. Right. You know, they, like you said in the last show, Kevin Feige comes in with a Kev, what is it, Feige bomb? A Kevin, Kevin bomb. bomb. Kevin yeah. bomb. He Kevin bombs somebody. And uh, I do think that we probably will see the Eternals. I just want to see that footage of the door, like, <laughs> and then you see Kevin, like, hey guys. And then Marcus and Mephili are like, we've just completed the script. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey. It's so slowly, Eternals, the Jack Kirby Eternals. Hey guys. No. <laughs> he's like, hey, this reshoot's already scheduled. No. So we were talking about on Monday the shows that, you know, Marcus McFeely basically had to be like, we've got Cap 3, we've got a lockdown, it's Arnim Zola, and what's happening? Civil War, right? No! Then literally they write all that stuff, and he's like, thwip! No! So you know that stuff has been happening nonstop on Avengers 3 and 4. A lot of things got added, a lot of things got replaced and, and shuffled around, all for the betterment of this movie, Avengers Infinity War, over $2 billion now. McFeely... Marcus, they're feeling that pressure. Avengers 4, now the Eternals is being announced. With these reshoots, they could easily add an Eternal. They could easily add an Eternal Captain Marvel because it's taking place in 91, and these guys are called the Eternals. That means they've been around for thousands of years. What do you think, Coy? I think planting the seeds in a movie as big as Avengers 4 is going to be is the only way to make a movie like Eternals weirdness work. I think if you have a movie called The Eternals and you don't set it up, that's a bad move on Marvel's part. Right. Like You have the biggest movie, arguably, of superhero movies because it's following up the one that just made $2 billion. What you need to do is start planting seeds for the future. It'd be, it'd be a waste to not at least have references, like some dialogue. I'd prefer if we have some visuals. I'd prefer if they actually show up, but at minimum dialogue, because you need to start building this bigger cosmic universe. The world of the cosmic Marvel is so strange. It's so out there. Like, Guardians was a blessing that James Gunn is, is so good at making things weird that we were like, sure, Star-Lord, Gamora. But if you're going even beyond that with Eternals, you need to start setting it up in a franchise that has your Tony Starks, your Captain Americas, your Black Widows, these characters we know so well. So, it it's time to start laying those seeds because if you don't, then it's just going to feel like, whoa, out of nowhere. So right. I think they're definitely going to have some scenes of that. And I don't, I don't think Fallen Heroes, Fallen Heroes sounds like a Lego set. Right. Uh, for me, that doesn't set up Avengers 4 well. So I think yeah. it's a fake title. And I think the reshoots were planned. Like you said, Kevin Feige just come, he's got like a demigod under his hat. And right. He just tells him what to do and it sure. works out. So I'm excited to see what Avengers 4 <laughs> like right. can be because of the amount of forethought he's had for 10 years. So yeah. I think Eternals was ready three years ago. I think that he's known what was going on. So I don't think it'll be like, like, add an Eternal. I think it's like, oh, yeah, no, we shot that. 
Yeah, well, I mean, the, the game plan, even with Guardians of the Galaxy, having Celestials yeah, involved the in there, they're inside the, Yeah, they're inside a Celestial head. Well, I was going to say, there's a reason they went back to nowhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, the Collector could have just... I, I mean, the last time we saw the Collector, his place was a mess. Right. Why would he stay there? Yeah. You know? So it's like, oh, well, he's back in nowhere. Let's... In case you forgot, Remember there's a giant world? Celestial head. Yeah. You know, and yeah. now we can define it even more. We're going to fly right through the eyeball, just in case you didn't remember. I think Thor is going to get along pretty good with Icarus. Like one oh, of the main cool. Eternals, and I, that would be a good way to intro the Eternals because now Thor is without a home, mm-hmm. and I feel like the Eternals are the closest thing to both the new gods and Asgard. They're the middle ground, so I feel like the way to bring them in is somewhere within that. And if we go as weird as Secret Wars, then we could definitely have Eternals. If we go as big as Beyonder and all those theories we have about Avengers Four, if they right. go as out there as Secret Wars, what better time than like even beyond cosmic than to the realm of abstract thought, to the right. realm of like you know the the three headed uh, the Trinity, the, like sure. The, that that whole world now's the time so right. it's the living tribunal living tribunal exactly. so, i mean the uh, the idea that we could actually have a living tribunal and death and a destiny yeah. all these characters is not out of the ballpark that's not out of the no, that's not going to happen i would never say never we had a floating red skulls like i've been here forever you know like <laughs> don't say no to any of this stuff it could actually work and i was like that kind of makes sense that the red skulls floating around that, that weird, totally plays there in this he is. that's where he's been i mean when he showed up, I was like, yes! It was sort of like, well, they can't just scrimp out, and he just disappeared into nowhere. Yeah. That was that missing puzzle piece that they were like, mm, it seems to go right there perfectly. And you know? they paralleled the comics with the skull being death. Like, yes. we were waiting for him to court death, and then death was the red skull, solving an entire, like, it was like eight plot holes got plugged at once. What a yeah. beautiful narrative. I feel uh, Avengers 4, whatever it's going to be called, will also have that same ability. With them time jumping, you're going to be able to go through different time zones. We might time jump to 1991, and that's how Captain Marvel gets involved. We don't know yeah. what's going to actually happen. We don't know how Captain Marvel ends. If there's like a Tony Stark's like, you've got to come with us. I'm from the future. Some oh, man, weirdness, awesome. some Terminator-style stuff. Come on. That could be awesome. So, so I don't know what's going to happen, but you know what is happening? Two Joker movies. What? That's right there. <laughs> two i know you're you're thinking i was gonna say three it's still just two like the deck there's two jokers one is being run by uh todd phillips written with uh scott scott silver joaquin phoenix is going to be playing the joker this is like this scorsese joker where it's like takes place in the 80s in the mean streets of the comedy club (laughs) circuit so he's like a comedian who's failing he's bombing out i don't know what it's going to be so i mean like the only the only thing that i really like about this is how weird and strange it sounds when it, when they first said scorsese is getting involved with the joker movies like what the hell is this then todd phillips i'm like what that's even what hangover dude and they're yeah. like you know it's like and then and then joaquin phoenix is gonna play the joker i'm like this is like a scrambled egg that i never thought i'd you know a scrambled egg of a different whatever it is <laughs> it's not a denver omelet whatever it is i don't know what it is but i want to try it and i want to see them make it i know it's like it sounds so weird that it just could be awesome i don't even mind them calling it the killing joke if it's about him as a stand-up co- comedian that's such a funny failing, title for that. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. I think I think it could work outside of the DC universe. Then they announced the Jared Leto Joker film that we were like, look, you know, you didn't even have him as the bad guy in Suicide Squad the right way. I liked his take on the Joker. He just was not in the movie enough. I thought I'm all for different Jokers. That's how I feel about it. As many Jokers as there can be, I would go see four Joker movies. Just kidding, I wouldn't. Uh, but. <laughs> You know, look, I've already seen the Gotham Joker. The, you know what I mean? Whatever, yeah. you know, Jerome or whatever you want to call him. It's like, we can't call him the Joker. He's got purple hair. Whatever. It's the Joker. Don't worry about it. So, you know, we're going to get different versions of the Joker. we got Mark Hamill's Joker, which is one of the best Jokers. 
Jokers. So Cesar Romero, don't hate on him. So it's like, there's always different Jokers. You got Jack Nicholson, you got Heath Ledger, you got so many different Jokers. Now you got Jared Leto, who barely got a chance to be there, and then he's gone. I want to see a full Joker thing with him. Oscar-winning actor Jared Leto, don't count him out just because he didn't get to act well, didn't get to shine in the Suicide Squad movie. Mm -hmm. So I feel like getting his chance to play a Joker, the only way that would really work is to have Batman as the ancillary character. You have to have the yin and the yang. That's to me is like you can't just have a Joker movie like Gotham without the without the without the Batman. Yeah. So what are your thoughts about these two Joker films? Let's start with you, Coy. Both of them. I think the idea of having two Joker films in this context works. I think the idea of an Elseworlds Joker and a narrative like through our DCEU Joker totally works. I think that the idea of Todd Phillips, Martin Scorsese, and Joaquin Phoenix in a room is just weird enough for me to be like, here's twenty dollars. <laughs> like I, I, I'm in some way invested yeah. just with those names. Yeah. And it sounds like a weird like raging bull meets comedian median like mean streets of 80s new york sure like there's something about it that is just the right amount of like okay that i'm in and then jared leto when jared leto was announced as the joker there was that weird moment where joaquin phoenix and jared leto were both almost doctor strange and then both almost like when they kind of courted those roles at the same time and then he landed on the joker i was like oh good we'll get the comic joker and then they went like and went like you know cesar chavez east la joker uh, that made me go like, oh, this is different. And then right. when it landed, like the damage on the forehead didn't work for me. There were a lot of choices that didn't work for me. But I would like to see what Jared Leto, right. given an entire movie and not 20 minutes, would do with that character. Like inherently, Jared Leto is a really good actor. I love Lord of War. I love when he gets the chance to really play Blade the Runner, part. He's great. In Fight that. Club. Like Fight when Club. he gets yeah. to play, he does it. Like Fight Club has 30 cast members, and you remember, like you know, Jared Leto's take on like that beautiful, pretty blonde man. Sure. So I want to see the Joker get his time to shine, and I think that if you have these two movies, someone will get their Joker. People that hate Jared Leto's will get the Martin Scorsese Joker. People that don't want an origin story will get this. So if DC wants to invest the right amount of talent, the right amount of writers, the good people in it, then I, I it gets both my money. I'm there. I was going to say soft cell tainted love should be part of that 80 soundtrack. <laughs> I'll melt the world. You know, you just start thinking about all the, the things that could work with the Joker and have that playing behind him. Oh, yeah. What do you think, Robert? Look, as I've always said, I think that if a film, if you have a great script, Great direction, great acting. Uh, I'll, I'll watch anything. Now, it, it, I'm puzzled that there's two Joker films in development. I think that's strange. I want to. Where's Where's Man of Steel two? You know, when are they? Are they going to announce that at Comic Con? Is Chris McQuarrie going to be directing it? He should be writing, directing. I tweeted at him. He didn't answer me. It, was, it fell on deaf ears. He was answering everybody else. <laughs> he didn't say anything about Superman. But I can't wait to see... He's Mission. probably mad because you keep talking to that weird Star Wars fan. He's like, look, it seems like you've tweeted that guy a thousand <laughs> times. You're really too consumed, Robert. As long as well, still reloads but, I, but I also think, I mean, you know, uh, uh, the Lynn Ramsey movie, you, was it You Never Really Hear that Joaquin Phoenix is in? Yep. Terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, his performance in that, I mean, scary good. I, the it, Master... Yes, he's, he's an I mean, incredible actor. Commodus, and you know her. Uh, I, yeah. I love. Um, I love. There's a there's a Jared Leto movie called Mr. Nobody. It's great. It's one of my favorite science fiction fantasy films of the it's last. It's still on Netflix. They had two versions. They had the regular version and then the director's cut, which is like an extra. 40 the director's minutes. cut's way better. We didn't yeah. even mention Requiem for a Dream. Like Jared right. Leto's so good, so consistent. Or, yeah. the, or the film he won the Oscar for, Dallas oh, Buyers yeah, that Club. Little Oscar. Yeah, got. that little Oscar. Don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, watching him, I, I thought the problem that I had with his his it wasn't him so much in Suicide Squad. It was the way the character was written. He was given... He was always... I didn't believe... You know, I always talk about verisimilitude on the show. I didn't believe that character for a minute. Like, what universe... How did you get up in the morning and brush your teeth? I mean, do you, do you, go, do you, ever, do you ever go to McDonald's through the drive-thru? I mean, I don't believe this guy existed on the planet Earth, much less as some criminal mastermind. I mean, I watch it, I'm like, I don't even... What am I watching? 
And, and I, I think that if he's given a chance to shine, if he's given a script like a Mr. Nobody, right. which you are, you can go crazy fantasy with him, and he, he can be great, but it comes down to the writing and the, and the direction. Definitely, I agree. So, I mean, you know, we'll find out soon, but they are talking about the Scorsese, Phillips, you know, Joaquin Phoenix, Joker film. Um, starting shooting this September. Wow. So it sounds like, you know, that's really literally a couple months from now. So the script must be done. They're going to probably be, you know, they got costume and set designs or whatever. Maybe it's not even like we're just shooting a comedy club. The the realistic, we're not building sets, just shoot right there, you know. I wouldn't be mad at that. We'll see what happens, but I want to see a Batman in that film. It would would just be, it would almost be too weird to me. Like It was just like, we're just doing this Joker thing. But, I mean, what about the other characters? They're not in it. It's, just, <laughs> it's an alternate universe. So why call it the Joker? <laughs> right? Right? It's sort of like, well, we're transforming the character. No, you're not. You're just doing something else and then using that title. That and sucks. What it's better like, way to introduce the new Batman? That'd be really cool to introduce the new Batman at the end of that and then have that tie in Matt Reeves' Batman if you wanted. Or, like, you know, just you can right. start this world wherever you want. Or go the other way and tie in the the Jared Leto Joker with the new Batman. Yeah, either way. I mean, either way it could work. You know, I'd like to see. I'm actually intrigued by both of them, so I'm not going to hate on either of them. Yeah. I want to, you know, I want to see both of them now at this point. So let us know what you think. If you have to pick one Joker, let us know in the comment sections. Or if we're all crazy and you hate the idea completely and it's like, or you want to see a Joker musical, let us know. So I don't want to see a Joker musical. But uh, you can listen to us on our podcast, One and iTunes. Subscribe to Collider Heroes if you haven't subscribed already. If you're listening to us in a car right now, you can't see our pretty faces. You just hear our voices, our golden, delicious voices. So you can always listen to that on in your car or at work. you got to, you know, just put those earbuds in, dude. You can listen to us while you're doing some menial, stupid task or something. Or the job that you love. You know, whatever it is. <laughs> you listen so. to our dumb voices. So, check it out. If you want to see us in person, most of us will be in Las Vegas on June 29th through July 1st, that entire weekend, at the amazing Comic-Con in Las Vegas. It's, it's, I think it's just the amazing Las Vegas Comic-Con. It's one of those iterations. Move some words around. It'll figure itself out. But check it out. Look at that weird Triceratops. I need to find out what's up with the Triceratops. Come on, amazing. I, there's got to be something like the guy who owns the amazing thing. is like, oh, he's been into dinosaurs. I really love Triceratops, Triceratops in particular. Where yeah. is this yeah. Comic-Con? The, Las Vegas, dude. Las no, Vegas where, the it, Convention Center. Oh, it is the Convention Center. Yeah, dude, Center. the oh, biggest great. place to wow. actually be in. That's, That's where it is. So if you happen to be in there gambling, losing money, and crying, and you see a collider panel, like a big banner, guess what? Us sweaties will be there. We're going to be at this booth having fun and intermittently gambling and throwing away money, having giant breakfasts. Come and hang out with us for the whole weekend. We have a Collider Heroes panel on Friday. I don't know what time. I haven't looked it up yet. So just go ahead and look it up on the on the website. You can go amazing Las Vegas Comic Con. Get your tickets now. Uh, Collider's going to have a big presence there. We're going to do a movie talk there. There's going to be a bunch of cool stuff going on. So definitely come down that weekend. And we're doing meet and greets after every single panel at the Collider booth. So. I don't know what the booth number is. It's on. It's online. I can't be bothered with this kind of weird information. Eventually, I'll know. Maybe next week. But I think you could look it up and find out yourself right now if you want to. But don't don't tune tune out of our show. We're just about to get into some amazing stuff with some Twitter questions. Starting with Chris Morasso asks: Important topic. The MCU has largely avoided the type of backlashes of recent DC and Star Wars films. Is this because DC and Star Wars are taking more risks with content and characters, or is it more leadership and directing? Now, as far as the backlash, um, you know, we've addressed this a, a lot with the DC films, but we haven't really talked a lot about the Star Wars fandom, which is quite toxic, to be honest with you. So, 
Um, I am in the camp of I enjoyed The Last Jedi. And I thought it took risks. It, it did things that were unexpected. And a lot of people who love Star Wars, who spent all this time pontificating whether Rey was, you know, Obi-Wan's li- lineage or whether she was the daughter of Skywalker. Who cares? She's just someone who, who has the ability to have the Force. You didn't like that answer? I guess that's a reason to be a crybaby about it. There was a lot of things that a lot of people were triggered by, not only Luke disrespectfully throwing the lightsaber, because guess what? In this, in this script, he's pissed off at the Jedi. They failed him, and he feels he's a failure. Why should they continue? What's so wrong with that when actually the end of the film, the Jedi have returned because it's Rey who is bringing the Jedi back. That little broom kid, that means the Force <laughs> can be with anyone. It's not a stupid midi-chlorine and not like, oh, you don't have, you can't have the Force. You weren't born with it. I think that's garbage. And I know that comes from the master, George Lucas himself. He was even like recently talking about his trilogy was going to have all those micro, it was going to be the micro-universe with more of his midi-chlorine. The wills. The wills. I was like, thank God they didn't make that. Yeah, that's me. I'm in that camp. So, sorry. I love the original trilogy, but I felt like the prequels, to me, are garbage. So, you know, I'm in, that's, that's my feeling. And I actually like The Force Awakens because J.J. brought that feeling that I had when I was a kid back. And I know the reason he did it, he had to. Because the prequels had already damaged mm-hmm. Star Wars so incredibly bad. There's like, all there was was robot chicken making fun of the Emperor. That's literally all you had is like, Star Wars was a walking joke. Go back in time and look at it. What was, what was happening before The Force Awakens? Nothing. It was a joke. And so The Force Awakens actually re-energized the Star Wars base. Now you can hate on The Last Jedi all you want and be mad at like all the women in power. and this. Yeah, there's so many different reasons that people hate on The Last Jedi that it's almost like tiresome to get involved in any kind of these conversations. I saw the film. Does it have some problems? Yeah, of course it does. A lot of giant movies have problems. For me, it wasn't an insurmountable thing where it's like, hey, you know what? Luke sucking on the titty of that weird alien. He's like, ah-ha, with the blue milk. I couldn't stop laughing. Was it disrespectful? <laughs> no, it was like Luke being like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Get lost, kid. I think it was just him trying to get Ray away from him. So it's like, there's all these things that people took way too personally. Like, it's an affront to the Star Wars, blah, blah, blah. It's like, y'all need to relax and take a chill pill. It's just a movie. And on top of that, it's like, but it's my Star Wars, and this is what should happen. It's you thought too much about it. It's not your Star Wars. It's a Star Wars film. So it's like, people who take ownership, that's the toxic part of fandom, unfortunately, is like you think you own it. Well, you don't own it. You don't own Batman. You don't own Star Wars. You don't own Captain Marvel. None of us do. Whatever they're going to do with the movie is what they're going to do. We're going to talk about things that we'd like to see happen from our fandom's perspective, but ultimately the film is going to be what it is. And if it didn't come out the way you wanted it to, you should become a filmmaker and make your own movie. You know, what do you think, Coy? I think that the Star Wars backlash is painful. I think it's just bad for everyone. I think that uh, hunting down a, a human, a real one, a person in real life, because you don't like how her character is portrayed, is disgusting. Yes. Uh, like, she didn't write that. She didn't decide that. So not only are you wrong to do it, you're wrong, period. Like, you're attacking someone because of a choice someone else made. She was an actress playing a part, playing you're talking about well. Kelly. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about Kelly. That's disgusting. Like, that, that to me, ruins everything that we do. That, to me, disrespects everything we've achieved. We've gotten to the point where not only are you lucky enough to have Star Wars back. You have Star Wars back in a way that not only is it good, they are great. Like, we all survived the prequels. We all endured through that time where we were like, yes, after a decade, we get Star Wars back. Oh, no. So you're like, if you're a kid now, you don't even know what that felt like to stand in line and then watch Star Wars and be like, why are we all politics? Like, it's so much worse. So 
I think it's like it's people not realizing that we have three superhero movies a year or more. We have a Star Wars movie a year and other stuff. Like this is the best time to love this stuff. Getting so mad not only proves you have too much time in your hands because like the world has made itself easier, but you're also picking the wrong fights. There's so many more battles to actually wage. There's so much more you can do with your Twitter battles. There's so much more you can like actually fix in the real world. Attacking an actress for playing a character is is so disrespectful to your fandom, to movie making, to people in general that it's gross. And I think the reason Marvel hasn't had that backlash, which I think was the original question, yeah. uh, is because they plant the seeds 10 years ahead. Like, they, Kevin Feige's got a map, and he goes forward. Star Wars is just coming back into its own. Star Wars is just finding its footing again. They don't have that landmark of, of planning because J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson see Star Wars differently. And that's why those two movies are exciting because one is this amazing piece of, like, nostalgia and bringing everything back. The other one's right. like, hey, what happens if we tear it down? That means there wasn't this thing that was pre-established. And that, that's way more exciting to me than watching a movie that feels like a prequel all the time where it's, like, color in the numbers. Sure. You know, I, I have to agree with you. I mean, I grew up, we're, we're older. Mm -hmm. uh, we had film series. I've had film series that I loved growing up. The Planet of the Apes film series was right. one of the first film series that I loved. And, and then the James Bond franchise. Both the Planet of the Apes and James Bond franchises have entries that are, shall we say, not as good. <laughs> and and it, when they come out, I love James Bond movies. I love the experience of going to them and watching them. And, and, and even when they're not good, like when I saw View to a Kill, I hated it. I reviewed it for my high school newspaper, and I had to say, this movie was boring. I couldn't stand the cool film. Cool Duran Duran song, though. Cool Duran Duran <laughs> song. But, but at the end of the day, I still enjoyed the experience of going to see a James Bond movie in the theater. And look, Kevin Feige and the Marvel Cinematic Universe have been going back to their comic books and planning and looking at previously established mythology and characters and are, are saying, what is good in this? You know, what is best in life, Conan? Right. And they're, they're getting, they're getting uh, and, and, and Kevin Feige is crushing his enemies. He is hearing, he is seeing them driven before him and he is hearing the lamentations of the women. I mean, because they know what they're doing. Whereas the Star Wars films, I think the problem with Star Wars fandom is you have such a large body of Star Wars storytelling mm -hmm. in video games, in novels, in the Clone Wars and Rebels and all the different Star Wars that's already existing. Everybody has such a preconceived notion of what Star Wars is supposed to be. Whereas I went into The Last Jedi, I had no preconceived notions. I'm like, what is this movie going to be? And I thought it was really interesting because it was so different. Because the, the character of Luke is, is shown as being a, a burnt out a guy that is just, I just want to be left alone. Mm -hmm. right. But, you know, when I hear somebody getting mad about him drinking blue milk, he's drinking blue milk in the original Star Wars. Right. It was kind of nice to see, oh, this is where they come from. Where do you think milk comes from? Why is it, <laughs> why is it such a bad thing to show, I thought, showing a creature, that, a sea you know, cow or whatever? Because so many people were crying about him not being the, 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 you know, Luke Skywalker coming back with his green lightsaber and kicking ass. It's but, like, it, but it was, it, to me, it was so more, much more characterization by making him... Like screw the, the Jedi Order screwed up and failed us. Mm -hmm. Look at look at what the the seeds that George Lucas planted with the the Jedi Order and their temple and all this. They they're ubris of like they're they, idiots. They're, they're a bunch of morons, and that's basically the way Lucas wrote them, and that's why they failed. And Yoda commentary on that is yeah. brilliant. Like the the it's one thing fantastic. we do is fail. I thought was a brilliant commentary. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and that people object to that. The, what the reason I think I'm, I'm convinced the last Jedi hate comes from the fact that what you just said. Luke Skywalker doesn't come back and kick ass. Right. But the whole point is that mythological characters, they don't stay the same. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he, had, he watched the galaxy burn down around him. Then he tried to build it back up, and it wasn't going to work out. He saw the same right. thing is going to happen. If I, 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 History I, repeats itself. And I've got to take these books, and I've got to go to the, the, the 
first Jedi Temple and make sure this never happens again. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, he wasn't hanging out waiting for Ray to show up. Like, <laughs> oh, finally, I could teach someone. That was what you were thinking. So, I mean, I'm so glad that it's like it went so far away from what people were expecting. It was actually different and interesting at least for me i was like not expecting any of this because i didn't have preconceptions i was like well she might be related to this person i was in the same boat as almost everybody she's probably related to this person i never said oh she's related to nobody that would be too weird and different guess what that's what it was and guess what that actually for myself at least established a new version of star wars universe the star wars that originally came out when i was 10 is what i felt like again hey guess what the force is for everybody Anyone can have the force, and any kid who's like enduring any kind of suffering, and you know maybe he's in a camp somewhere, imprisoned. Maybe that kid could pick up a broom and imagine that being a lightsaber, like all of us did when we believed in the forces with us. And I felt like that's what this film was giving everyone, but everyone mm-hmm. took that message in such a horrible and gross way, and in fact subverted it and inverted it and made it hateful. So that to me is the toxic thing that's happened with Star Wars. Now, Solo, you could say what you will about it. I enjoyed it. I did, too. Had a lot of problems in its third act. The Kessel run was kind of flip-floppy, like, oh, well, they made a big deal about this. And so there's a whole bunch of problems that you could have with it. Did I enjoy it? Yes, I loved seeing Han Solo and Chewbacca and Lando. Look, it was an adventure. It wasn't like a big, epic Star Wars movie. But I got to say this. Iron Man comes out, is a massive hit, and then the Hulk kind of stumbles about. That's how I felt like you got to give Star Wars its chance to grow. Yeah. Because The Last Jedi is the Hulk. That's their, you know, their it was new Hulk version. Hulk and Iron Man too. We well, had we had two actual yeah, stumbles. The, yeah, like. a couple of stumbles. So I'm feeling like, look, I mean, we have all these Star Wars movies that are coming out with, you know, the Game of Thrones guys, the Ryan Johnson trilogy that a lot of people think is not going to happen because all this hatred. I, I don't think that's. I don't think they're going to kill the Ryan Johnson trilogy. It made over a billion dollars. The yeah. movie was <laughs> a huge <laughs> made, like, monster the, hit. The haters are so vocal online. It would seem that that's what Star Wars fans feel like. But the people I encounter at conventions and stuff. It's not 50-50. It's most people actually enjoy The Last Jedi. It's a lot of the vocal people who are, like, super angry because it didn't turn out the way they wanted it or the way my, my allegiance to Star Wars is this. It's like, guess what? That all ended when they got rid of canon. So you can't be loving The Force Awakens because all that stuff that you collected is like, well, now it doesn't exist anymore. It's like it's just being made for a newer generation. Well, what I don't like, what, what I think is the strangest thing about all of this is, like, when I saw View to a Kill... I walked out of it not liking the movie, but I couldn't wait to see the next Bond film. Right. And now you have these people talking about, let's boycott this, and I don't want to see that. I, I, I never thought I would ever live in a world where somebody didn't want to go see a Han Solo movie. But it's so crying, baby. It's such That's a weird... I, it's so weird. It's so weird. Like, like, why do you not... People are going into the theater, Robert, like this. Yeah, and I'm They're like sour before they see the movie. What do they think benefits? Like, how do they think that being upset or yelling at an... I, I'm still in the Kelly Marie Tran thing because it, it upsets me so much, like, to, to attack a real person. Right. I, I don't understand what they think that will accomplish. Like, I don't know what they think that being a keyboard cowboy is really going to do for them long term and, like, how that, like, helps you feel better. You know Plus, what? It, ma- it, was... ma- it makes them feel better, but guess what? They get blocked, so... But Kelly Marie Tran lived the dream. Yeah. She was, a, she was one of us. Yeah. Yeah. She was a total sweaty that gets an, uh, an opportunity to be in a Star Wars movie. I mean, we should hold her up as one of the great geek goddesses of all time she did it. because she achieved the dream of <laughs> well, so few guess people what? we do yeah so yeah. it's like the people who don't fuck off that's what i could say so let's move on to our next question kelvin wilson says since the release of black panther do you think we'll see other characters of color get widescreen releases like icon nighthawk thank you and keep it sweaty well kelvin i think with black panther that was like a triumph as far as for what what films can be and what we expected to see like after civil war that was an incredible introduction to black panther so that just primed the pump 
So all those people who didn't, who don't read comics, who didn't know who Black Panther was, or maybe saw a cartoon or something of him, but don't read the comics, got introduced to Black Panther like, I love Wakanda, I love T'Challa, I want to know more about it. Bam, you get this movie, and then literally, like, it's a one-two punch with Avengers Infinity War. Like, a few months later, you're back in, you're, you're back in Wakanda. Now, it wasn't an in-depth, you mm-hmm. know, it wasn't the Black Panther 2, but I feel like we're going to get that. So I think, with that in mind, what do you think? Nighthawk? Uh, icon, do you think? I think absolutely. I think that it'd be it'd be foolish to not look at what the market wants. Like now is the time to have these characters that haven't gotten their time to shine. Like we are, we already have Spawn and Miles Morales. We already have. Uh, like I think we'll get a Static Shock. I think Definitely. we'll get. A, I think we'll get a Nighthawk. I think that it's it's. There's so many people that want to see these movies, and there's so many. I I loved that when Wonder Woman came out. There were all those like little girls at the red carpet and stuff, like dressed up and finally having like their hero to worship. And I love yeah. the that, that that Black Panther commercial where like these little kids like get to have someone that looks like them and they get to play with toys that represent how they feel and like I, I never liked that there wasn't a, a world for these kids to feel like they had to put a mask on to look like their hero it's so cool that these kids can worship someone that feels like they want to feel already without having to like have that imagination so I think now's the time I think it's overdue and I think it's going to be more than just African American heroes I want to see more Asian American here Asian heroes I want to see you know I, I want to see everyone represented and I love that they went that way with Ghost Rider and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, they, you know, they have that Spanish guy like it's comics have been multicultural for so long and movies have been white guys for so long that I'm excited that Black Panther did them so well so I can just be like, hey look, heroes. Yeah. So it's it's right. overdue. I feel that way too. I mean <laughs> I mean next week we have in uh, thirteen episodes of Luke Cage. Yeah. There's a lot of like a lot of cool things happening. I think definitely static shock. I want to see a brother voodoo film. Oh, I just I would that. like I would love it to just be called Voodoo. I would like, yeah. like drop the brother. That's very seventies. Or if you're gonna rock it, brother voodoo keep it in the 70s what do you think dude you know i still want the great american santo movie you know santo. sure <laughs> santos santo santos. i mean it's santos i i i love like the watching like lucha stuff the mm-hmm. lucha boom and then here we have this lucha boom in town i mean i think the more the more i mean we live on a planet of all kinds of different people and just because we happen to live in america that has a predominantly white uh uh there's more white people in America than other kinds of races. That doesn't mean the rest of the world isn't full of other people. Like, if you go... I was in South Korea, and let me tell you, earlier this year, there weren't a lot of people that looked like me in South Korea. <laughs> right. You know, and, and I love that. And I think that the more, the more representation that we have of this globe that we live on, the better off we all are. I agree. You know, and I, and I think that there's so many interesting things. What I love, what I think people really responded to, what I responded to about Wakanda, is here is this great cool african nation and we all want to go there you know it's 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 mm-hmm. like here's i i want to believe that a place like wakanda is real and that it exists and i, and I think that that why shouldn't that be true of everybody I, like it, yeah, it's, it's and i think that the more look if these movies make money you know th- then they will make more movies that have predominantly african-american casts uh and we will see more things like black panther but again what i also want is movies that are great Great scripts, mm-hmm. great direction, great characters. I mean, that's what that's what we really need. And and I think that whether a character is black, whether they're white, whether they're orange or like uh, uh, or or green or blue or Asian or we're better off. The world is a better place the more we get representation of all peoples. 
Definitely. Because there's more interesting stories to tell that we haven't heard. And if everyone, like, the, to, to nip the comments in the bud now, uh, everyone that's like, ah, it hasn't always been this way, this character's been white, blah, blah, blah. If you look at the best run of X-Men, Claremont Burns X-Men, look at the characters he introduced. He introduced a giant Russian guy. He introduced an African queen. He introduced mm. an Irish band. He introduced a, a purple, I mean, a dark blue fuzzy German. He introduced, like, <laughs> right? every single character that he was, Thunder, like... Thunderstar. Like, yeah, a Native American actual... So you look at your, like, five white guy X-Men. Thunderbirds, sorry. Thunderbird, yeah. 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 So you look at your five white guy x-men and all of a sudden he's like well that's weird and then he introduces this this swath of characters from all around the world and they're like well that feels better that was actually so, len ween who so, introduced that so yeah. why wouldn't why wouldn't the movies follow suit why do we have to live in this time so it's not like this 2018 like sjw thing it's no no diversity makes things better and always has right on i just want to also like you know i might have gotten a little hot under the collar so let me apologize to all the people <laughs> i told to f off Oh, thanks, Roka. Roka didn't tell me to do that. I'm doing that myself. I'm just like, Roka's worried about his job. I'm not. Um, but I, I do, like, sometimes I get steamed up, and, you know, I don't want to... Everybody has their own opinion, so you're welcome to your opinion. If I get angry, which I did, and tell you to F off, I don't really mean it. I want to hear what you have to say and have an actual conversation about it. Because that's one of the reasons toxic fandom exists is because of even me getting angry like that and telling people to F off. That's kind of toxic. I'm letting the toxic vapors get into me and i want to actually have discussions so that's the kind of thing where it's like if you didn't like last jet last jedi which a lot of people didn't then i want to hear why and i'm i'm all the more open to hearing a real good reason why i have my own reasons why i did like it and why that certain things that maybe you didn't like i did enjoy and i'm just going to agree to disagree you don't have to write me all your reasons i've read a lot of you know i'm just saying i'm not opening up a discourse i'm not going to answer you online i'm just saying <laughs> you know i can read all your stuff i've read tons of people's, you know, things about Last Jedi, their, you know, long, long paragraphs of why, about why it sucked and why it destroyed the Star Wars universe and all these kinds of things. And I'm like, hey, look, some of them actually have valid points. Like, oh, yeah, that doesn't really make sense or this didn't really work. But other things are just sort of, you know, hey, that's their opinion or they didn't think it worked that well. So. And another thing I'd like to say is, is I like to watch movies from all over the world. You know, and I'm a huge fan of, of Asian cinema. I've been mm. watching it since I was a kid. There's some incredible fantasy films that have been made you know, John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China was based on Zoo Warriors of the Magic Mountain. You know, there's a little bit of that in there. Right. One of my favorite actors in the world is Chow Yun-Fat. I mean, want, if you guys want to watch an action movie, watch John Woo's Hard Boil that stars Tony oh, yeah. Young and Chow Yun-Fat. I mean, when I watch those movies, I'm not thinking to myself, oh, I'm watching a movie that's starring a bunch of Chinese dudes. They're just cool dudes. Yeah, that's what John Woo was at his apex. Yeah, the I mean, killer. You know? yeah, like, yeah. I mean, these movies, I, I don't understand. Like, people talk about your social justice warriors. I'm like, well, who doesn't believe in social justice, first of all? And second of all, watch movies from all over the world. There's cool movies being made by all kinds of different the people. The Raid. You know, The Raid 2. Oh, The Raid. Oh, yeah. No, John. The it's Rad. The Rad. The Rad. <laughs> hey, the Rad 2 and The Rad. The Rad and The Rad 2 even yeah. radder. you got to see both those films. Aaron Quinton has a question here. Hey, gang, going forward to, in the MCU, do you think we're more likely to see some version of Secret Wars, Secret Invasion, or Secret Empire? Or something like a Secret Scramble, where it's a mixture of all those epic <laughs> events. Well, uh, Quentin, I think uh, the Secret Scramble is where you're at. Because uh, Kevin Bombs ha operate with a scramble mixture. The, those, those are the Denver omelets I was talking about, where they're like, I take a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and throw them. Woohoo! An explosion uh, causes Marcus to feel a lot of pain. Um, 
You know that they're like the pain that is very enjoyable. That's the greatest kind of pain where you're like, Spider-Man. You're like, no, but yes. So that's what I think. Secret Wars, we've been talking about that for years. Mm-hmm. Could the Avengers 4 be a mixture of like, would the Beyonder be the guys like, come through with me through time? It's probably going to be Kang. But wouldn't it be cool <laughs> if it was the Beyonder guy with the pop collar? I was like, check it out, son. Got the jerry curl. Is it going to happen? I don't know. I would actually wait. Till phase four to rock a secret. I, I'd think? throw I'd throw Mark Hamill as the Beyonder in the Guardians Three. That's Hell what yeah. I'd do. Mark Hamill, white suit, Jerry curls, Love magnificent. It. That's that's the way I'd go. But I think that a secret invasion is definitely likely with the scrolls being all but confirmed. I think that secret wars is something we all want to see. I don't know if they'll go that big. I think it'd be a great way to introduce the Fox overlap. I think when and if the Fox thing happens or those characters come back, Secret Wars is a great way to yes. be like boom. And I think a secret scramble is what Marvel does. Civil War wasn't the Civil War comic. Uh, like when you watch the movie, you don't go like color by numbers and i think that what kevin feige and to answer the last question with this question's answer i think that's another thing that kevin feige and the marvel team does really well is they're not married to the source material like i feel like the people in star wars want the that universe to be like star wars that's one of the things they like they're like this is what was written it is the holy text which is why i love last jedi throwing away the holy text right because there is no yeah like they burned it there's there's no holy text in marvel mcu They, they have the references in the comics they use what works they take away what doesn't and that's what shapes this different universe. I like that it feels like a different world because I don't want to read a comic and then watch a movie and go like, well, yeah. Like, that doesn't feel exciting. So I think that there'll be a medley of the secret stuff. And I think that as the world escalates, that's what's coming. So, so Avengers yes. secret super scramble scramble is what it's going to be called. What do you think? <laughs> well, I don't, you know, again, like what you were just saying, I don't think we need to see. First of all, Secret Wars was a fun comic book concept. Let's put all the heroes and all the villains on a strange right. planet and put to war... I don't want to see that. Right. I mean, the, what the Marvel Universe has done is built this incredibly intricate, interwoven world. Uh, it, this, it, that's why it's the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And they've done a great job carefully constructing this brick by brick, and it's allowed them to make changes and move things around when things didn't work as well as they'd hoped. And I think that what I would like to see is, again, what does it mean to be a hero? Th- that whole idea of how do we retain our... Like, I would love to see a story where the Avengers are put into a situation where maybe they have to take over the world in order to save it. What is that? Who watches the Watchmen? Whatever. What is that responsibility like? Illuminati would tie into that really well. Like, having the responsibility of being like, wait, no one knows. Is this okay? And it's, yeah, and those kinds of things. I mean, what, as long as the stories remain about people as opposed to big events and, and now everybody I, I worry look how do you how do you top infinity war yeah. you how do, do you how you top war? it is you go with illuminati where you make it more about like Personal. decisions Bring it that down. the the avengers if there was a secret society that's also the way you introduce namor mm-hmm. these are there's all these different cool ways that's the way you introduce reed richards t'challa dr strange reed richards namor all those characters like once this you know weird stuff gets worked out those are things that might could be on the on one chalkboard and they're like if this gets worked out this happens then flip it if it doesn't you know <laughs> and that's what i think and then DC's, kevin bomb changes the thing again yeah. and dc starting to to go that direction i think as well like wonder woman was very contained compared to some things till the third act which is i think what everyone was like that's not what we but the first two acts of, of wonder woman were shockingly made like low ground for an amazonian princess movie and the new teen titans go trailer holy crap that looks amazing because it's focusing on the characters and it's got that flavor of self-referential and it's smaller is more contained so i think that the the more you go up you need to come back down it's like the big bang you have to expand and contract and my Definitely. favorite scene in age of ultron was the farmhouse scene yeah. like i loved the fact that there was a moment of like <gasps> and you got to meet hawkeye's family and yeah. see all that stuff and i think that's what these movies do well is as much as they go out they bring you back they in. also brought in the to full front the conflict between steve rogers and tony stark brewing that yeah. we're going to finally see 
two and a half years and later Thor with Civil feeling War. alien. Like there's yeah. so much in that scene that really goes like this is us fleshing out the characters. Which is why Civil Wars wouldn't necessarily look. Work you go back to the Bond franchise. I mean, in '79, Moonraker comes out. And Bond goes into space <laughs> in a space shuttle to a space world with you know, Jaws. Hugo Drax is sp- Richard Keel. Come space on, space platform, and you've got space marines battling, <laughs> and it's like in a James but Bond dude, movie. As a kid, I like. I'll admit it. As a kid, I liked it because it had spaceships and lasers. Look, like, I, I'm in a spacesuit shooting lasers. I I'm a Moonraker it. apologist, but what did they do the next movie? They pulled back and they mm-hmm. made For Your Eyes Only. Which was awesome. Which was awesome. And, and it ends Wasn't with, Catherine Bach in that, or was that Jane Seymour? No, it, no, it was a, uh, uh, it's a French woman. Testing Robert's knowledge here. I'm drawing a... She plays Marina Havelock is the name of the character. But a French actress plays her. But why am I... See, I would have lost the down just right now. And the winner is... Kristen Harlock. Five, four, three, give me a second, two, JT rules, four, seven, what? And the thing is, I see your face. But the point was, is that they couldn't go any bigger. You take Bond to space, so what do you do? You go back... Back to its roots. James Bond is a spy. Yeah. You know, and, and, and they steal a code device. You know, you don't have it, we don't have it. That's detente, General. You know, they, the, 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 they, they, they went to a monastery where monks lived on a rock, you know, and that was the climax of that film. It was a, fun, a good movie. And so. like I've always said, wouldn't you watch an Avengers, like in the dinner scene from 100%. Age of Ultron? I would watch my dinner with the Avengers where they just eat dinner and talk. Them around the I don't know if I would spend 20 bucks. So. <laughs> I would. All right. Mike Dameron asks... Do you agree with Mark Ellis that with several main heroes gone from Marvel, the contract guys, and Phase 4 being mainly newer heroes, this is an opening for DC to take over the film, and will Marvel's reign continue? So they take over the film franchise? Mark Ellis is on some kind of drugs. That's never going to happen. <laughs> Sorry, it's like, it's like you literally have, with Avengers 4, it's like 22 films that have all done like hundreds of millions of dollars of box office. And you have DC, which is like admittedly because they couldn't get their shit together, scrambling and stumbling with Superman Returns and then falling. And then what about Green Lantern failing? A lot of just a, a lot of failure until then they launched Man of Steel, which I thought was a great film, a great launch. That's my opinion on it. I loved Man of Steel. It was a great first Superman. He's like the greatest American hero, stumbling and couldn't then, you know, Zod shows him. You're like, what the hell? Uh, so. I was like waiting for super, the next Superman movie, mm-hmm. and I'm still waiting for the next <laughs> Superman. So it's like, but back then, f- over five years ago, I was like, cool, this is the start of the DC universe, and you know, now we just have to wrap up the Nolan universe. So they wrap that up, and then we get to see a new Batman, and then then things started going bad for the DC universe when they announced their plans of going backwards and starting with Just League, and then having all these origins. It's like, why are you doing that? You need to establish the characters. If you're going to copy Marvel, just do it right copy them the right way and they're like no we got our own plan failed plan so didn't work out right all of us wanted it to i didn't want just league to suck i wanted it to be great so i'm like you know they're they've got wonder woman and the the first superman so but all their other films are kind of you know mixed bag of nuts you sort of like with with marvel though you have this constant kind of really cool film that you're a lot of people are like well it's all the same movie it's like it's not people who say that you don't you know whatever i don't i don't subscribe to that very different films you know, you could always say, well, it involves superhero and supervillain, and one guy's fighting a different evil version of himself. It's like, thank you. <laughs> Get out of here. You know, it's like, you know, the, those kind of simplistic arguments, not even going to, you know, sorry, dude, step step out, you know? Not going to talk to you about it, because that's like the most basic, like, well, Iron Man, he just fought another Iron Man, and the Hulk fought another Hulk. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Grade school over. You you're fired. You know. <laughs> so what do you guys think? I mean, that, so that was I missed out. I, I didn't see the episode that Mark Ellis said this stuff on, mm-hmm. but you know, 
I disagree. What do you think? I, I think that they can both reign. I think that uh, if DC starts doing well, I don't think it'll hamper Marvel. And I think that Marvel doing well does not affect DC. I think that the movie affects the movie. I think if Marvel starts making really bad movies, it won't go well for Marvel. I think if DC starts making really good movies, it will go well for DC. I would like to see Man of Steel 2 directed by Macquarie or or uh, the Man from Uncle director, um, uh, not Guy Ritchie, the Matthew Vaughn. I'd like yeah. to see I'd like to see these movies because Man from Uncle is best Clark Kent I've ever seen. I love that Guy Ritchie. Uh, is it Guy Ritchie? Yeah, Guy Ritchie directed. Okay. No, it's Matthew Vaughn. I thought it was Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn directed Man from Uncle? Yeah. Did he? Guy Ritchie no. was doing... Guy Ritchie. Thank you. Oh, oh, it is Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. Cody Hall, see, once again. I just won the show down. So, I want to see these movies do really well simultaneously. There's many months in the year. There's 12, in fact. So, I'd like to see a different movie dropping every month, making all this money. We want them to do well. Yes. It's not like we're like, I only have $40 a year for movies, and well, I only see Marvel. <laughs> I'm going to say That's what, I'm going to echo what Kevin Feige said. He's like, it's good for DC to do well because that helps Marvel. Uh, every film that's in this genre that is good yeah. only helps the other films. Every film that's bad actually hurts the f- other films. Maybe they both Because people are like, oh, I'm sick of all. Like, at this point, there's a lot of people, like, a lot of fans are like, I'm sick of all these DC films. And in fact, fa- people who aren't fans, it's worse because it's like, all of us read DC comics and we're fans of the characters mm-hmm. and we're kind of bummed at the way they've kind of fumbled with their cinematic universe. I think they've done incredible in the TV universe. DC's really yeah. doing a great job. In fact, a better job on the in the TV world than even Marvel's doing. So, I mean, kudos to the TV world of DC, but the cinematic world has been stumbling and falling. We don't know what we're doing and change of hands and people getting fired and being replaced. All this craziness. So it's sort of like, I mean... I don't want to see them fail. I want Aquaman to be incredible. I mm-hmm. feel very confident with James Wan handling that, that it could be an incredible film. I just have never understood. I, I guess I grew up in a different time. But this whole, like, Star Wars versus Star Trek. I mean, mm. I loved Star Wars. I loved Star Trek first because it was there first. And I loved <laughs> Star Wars when it came out. I've never thought either or. Like, I love cop movies. Yeah. Your beloved Lethal Weapon franchise, Serpico, yep. Beverly Hills Cop. No one ever sits there and goes, this cop movie's better the than French that cop connection. movie. The French Connection. Yeah, I mean, no one I just gets like, mad at Die Hard because it's not Lethal Weapon or vice versa. Uh, no I one mean, goes it's such like... a strange... Just because... Look, superheroes are, are definitely a genre, but to, to think that there's some rivalry between superhero movies is so strange to goofy. me. Like, I, I love mm-hmm. great stories well told. That's what Stephen King said. A good story well told. Yeah, in fact, there's a lot of really cool movies that didn't make money that are awesome. That, like, years later, like, you should really see this film. And it didn't make $100 million. It was just a really good movie that, like, got blindsided by the big film. So, mm-hmm. I mean, not that that really happens with superhero films now. It's like, they have to make that money, but... You know, every every single one can't make a hundred million dollars. So, um, but it seems like each one is now yeah. in that weird world, which so. proves there's a market if you make the movie good. Yeah, again, a good story well told. All right, Mario Lozano asks, "Hey, Collider Crew, if DC makes official the intention to have a brand to the Elsewhere universe, DC Dark or DC Black, whatever the name's going to be, how many movies a year should they do, taking into account that they could make up to two main DCFU films?" Thanks. Um, I think. To be honest with you, I'd like to see DC get to that point where they could do three movies a year. Like, I think next year we have Shazam. Mm-hmm. and we I mean, after this year's Aquaman, just one film. Next year we have Shazam and we have Wonder Woman. They could announce, a, you know, October, November, December surprise. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if they're like, oh, and by the way, what's up, son? Batman in October yeah. of 2019. I, they won't do it. But, you know, it would be perfect if they could get there, get it together to be like, hey, it's, you know, Batman's 80th anniversary. Let's kind of 
let's have that happen. I don't know if it's going to happen, but 2020 is probably more likely for Batman and Superman. But um, DC doing three movies a year, it would be great if they could get their films successful enough and in order enough and have everybody lined up and make those. I would love to see an Elseworlds, like, at least one a year, if not two. I think there's enough room on the, on the slate to have all these films, like, timed out. Like you said, one a month always a is, is such a way to do it. I mean, obviously, there's all different kinds of films. There's animated films. We just saw The Incredibles 2 drop. Yeah. made $180 million, the biggest animated film ever. I mean, granted, it's a superhero animated film. It's a sequel from 14 years ago. That's how many people, millions of people were like, finally. And they went and saw that. I saw it this weekend. Robert, what do you think? I mean, the Elseworlds, how many movies? Well, uh, look, I mean, it, it, again, three movies a year is probably what we can expect. Only right. because it takes a lot. These movies require an enormous amount of resources. There's really only, there's only so many special effects houses in the, in the world. Right? Yeah. You know, and there's only so much money. I mean, a lot, what people don't understand is that these movies are, are, are deficit financed as well. I mean, the studios are basically borrowing money to make these movies. And so you can't just keep making uh, uh, as many as you want. I mean, there's, there's, a, there, there's a certain financial responsibility and risk that goes along with making each one of these films. But... Look, if there was an Elseworlds film, I would love to see a Red Sun movie, or I would like to see a Gotham by Gaslight feature film, even though they did the animated version. I mean, why not? Again, it comes back to if it's good and it's well-made and the director and the actors and the creative team is the right creative team for this material, people watch as many movies as you give them right. as long as they're, they're good. And I don't think people are putting on their checklist like, oh, well, I've seen uh, well, two DC movies. <laughs> right. That's enough. Want, I can't see another one. Well, they oh, just yeah. want to watch. People just want to see great films. Yeah. Like I said, I'll see four Joker movies. Just kidding. Brandon Lopez, I'll see two. I'm going to yeah. see two of them. So Brandon Lopez asks, hey, Collider crew, big DC sweaty here. It certainly is an exciting time for DC in the future. Seems to be on the rise thanks to Mr. Walter Hamada. What do you expect to see at Comic-Con since DC will be the biggest draw this year? Um, well, we know, because James Wan said, Aquaman, the trailer, is going to show up at San Diego Comic-Con. So that will be a Hall H presentation. I saw the Hall H presentation for Aquaman last year, and they showed a teaser trailer, which was great. We saw, like, you know, hundreds, thousands of Atlanteans riding mantas and crazy shit. We saw some swashbuckly action scenes. It, it looked cool, but it was very, like, a very little amount of, uh, you know, it was almost reminding me of that Godzilla trailer. It was just two guys <laughs> fishing. Hey, Bob, what do you think? You're like, show me Aquaman. <laughs> ah, what do you think, Joe? Underwater stuff. You're like, I want to see Aquaman. It's like, it was that teaser where you're like, I don't ever want to see that teaser again. So, Thankfully, hopefully that's not part of the movie. I'm just like, whatever. I don't want to see those two guys on the boat. <laughs> Better not see that one. So anyway, um, what do you think? So we know Shazam. They have to have a teaser for Shazam. Mm -hmm. Wonder Woman. WW84. There's going to be some kind of footage for So those three films, guaranteed, without a doubt, you got Aquaman, you got Wonder Woman, you got Shazam. That's, I can guarantee that. I don't know any of that. I'm just guaranteeing it for no reason because I'm stupid. <laughs> but that's what I think is going to, those, those three films, what else do you think they're going to sneak in? I think DC is in a beautiful spot right now with two movies next year, one movie this year. I think full-blown, like probably extended trailer for Aquaman. I'm thinking like three and a half minutes. It's mm. going to be a little extra. I think it might be uh, a Comic-Con exclusive. I think it might just live there, which I'd love. Uh, I think Shazam teaser. I think Wonder Woman 84 teaser. So that's your big three. I think announcement of the Batman with date and maybe new Batman announced. Right. I love Batfleck. I've been on record. I'll say it again. I want more Batfleck. But if they're going to announce a new Batman, there's the time. Right. Uh, and I also think a Man of Steel 2 announcement 
announcement with director attached and maybe villain. That way there's the full package. Yep. Announce who your villain is. Maybe not cast, but like, you know, that whole thing. And then I think one surprise uh, as far as like a movie that's going to be down the pipeline, something that's going to like be a solo character choice that's going to advance the universe. And then I think they might premiere all of Teen Titans Go to the Movies. I think they might be like, here's this movie. We also brought you have this thing because Teen Titans Go to the Movies. That is one of my favorite trailers in a long time. Every time I see it, I'm like, this is what I wanted. So I think DC is going to run Comic-Con. And then I think uh, the TV universe is going to get a lot of updates because right now their animation's killing it. TV's killing it. Movies has the potential to start killing it. Right. So they're going to go full guns blazing. This is our slate. But it's cool because they don't have to announce five years ahead. They don't have to do that silly thing Marvel right. did that I hate where Marvel was like, look at what we're doing for the next decade of your life. Hope you don't like surprises because this is everything. So I think they can do a thing where they're just like, look at the next two years. Look how much we've been doing. Look at the world we've built. They announced the Jim Lee thing right before Comic-Con. So now they have room to be like, hey, we've changed changed our editorial right. and executive staff and creative staff now look what we've done well to, to say what you know to go back to what you said dc's already done that kind of thing they've already announced a slate of films that never are going to happen and they've done it three times i think so green I feel, lantern i think that'll be the surprise sorry i want i want green lantern we know that jeff johns is writing and yeah. producing it i want to hear a director i want to hear who's directing the green lantern film and who's playing the two green lanterns that would be fantastic announce that announce who's the new batman and announce who's going to be the villain of Superman, the actor. And that's and, huge. And who's that's directing. Those are, that's, and, and then show the first Titans episode. Like, actually screen it at Hall H. Have a giant screening. If they could, I mean, Swamp Thing's not going to be shot until, like, a few months from mm-hmm. now. So that's in development. There's a whole bunch of things that are in development. I don't know if they've shot the Doom Patrol pilot. But if you want to get people on board to pay for a DC streaming service, what's the best way to do that? Not only just word of mouth, but show them something. Show them all of the first episode of Titans. Show them the pilot for Doom Patrol. Show them the episode of Young Justice. So, I mean, these are the kinds of things that are going to get everyone on board. Show them concept art from the Swamp Thing series. These are the kinds of things that I want to see them do the proper type of presentation to not just get everyone on board to pay for a streaming service, but also for the movies. That they, look, at this point, I don't care about Flashpoint or Flash. I'm glad they got a competent director team to do the Flash movie. But, you know, look, I mean, I don't want a slate of like 100 different films. We've already had that for years now, and none of them seem to be happening. It was like, what's Black Adam? What's up with that? And it's like, I can name like 10 or 15 movies that have been juggled and flipped around and thrown away. Suicide Squad 2, oh, next year, whatever. It's like, nobody cares anymore. That's Unfortunately, what I'm saying is kind of the general consensus of, like, just the everyman, they don't care. Like, you flatlined your audience. Like, a sweaties care, but any, quote-unquote, normals that I talk to about a DC movie, they don't care because they were burned. That's the normal audience that you're dealing with now, DC Warner Brothers people. is like you're dealing with a, a, a regular audience who don't care about the DC world. They're like, Marvel's great. They haven't failed me. Talk about DC. Oh, I love Wonder Woman. So you're going to get that money with Wonder Woman. Everything else is up for grabs. It's up to you to fail. It's kind of what it is. It's up for you to transform and turn it around. The course correction is real. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's not just like, well, we better, we hope that people, you better get it right. And so you stop announcing stuff that's not real. That would be the very first thing. Announce stuff that's real with actors and directors and timelines. When is Batman coming out? Who's in it? We know Matt Reeves directing and writing it. Who's playing the Penguin? Who's, who's, you know, who, that, that's what, anybody you want to get somebody behind something again, you need to get real about it. That's how I feel about it. Because at this point, even as someone died in the wool sweaty, I go to comic stores every Wednesday, buy comics. I'm like, you know, who knows? <laughs> I'll see Wonder Woman. I, you know, I like James Wan, so jury's out, you know? 
And I like, uh, you know, the guy who directed, directed uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the guy who's doing Shazam. Oh, I forget. Sandberg. San, what's his name? Yeah. So, I mean, I liked his film. Right? Cody. David F. Sandberg, future <laughs> showdown uh, yep, champion. Ready with it, Cody Sandberg. I, I think so. you're absolutely right, though. I, I, I mean, I think they're going to focus on not announcing their future slate so much as they're going to concentrate on what they have coming out. Yeah. And they're going to, the, you know, the fact that we're getting a Shazam movie, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm really excited about it. I think we're going to see, we'll really get a sense of the flavor of, of what they're, what they're, what the, the tone again, the tone of the film. We're going to see a lot of what what they're they're doing with Aquaman. That's got to be their big push because. Yep. Uh, and I think what they're doing with it's going to be pretty spectacular. I have really high hopes. I do think they probably will announce a Man of Steel too because you got Henry Cavill in Mission Impossible Fallout mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's coming out. Perhaps you know the uh, Chris McQuarrie would be the man to do it. I'm sure they look so good. Uh, I mean, Chris McQuarrie is an Academy Award winning screenwriter, and now he's a powerhouse franchise director. Yeah. Who wouldn't want him? To direct the new Superman, mm-hmm. write and direct the new Superman. Cavill movie. wants him. He's like, I'm going to ask him. So it's like, <laughs> if he, that's he's saying. It's like, you know, it's like, look, I mean, at this Hall H, this is a place where you can get people re-excited about the idea of a DC film universe. You got three movies. Then ones they need to announce. You're right. Green Lantern, mm-hmm. the Batman, and Superman. Those are the three. Everything else doesn't matter. Right. None of the other films, the Joker films, none of that's none of it matters. Go ahead and make them. That I think matters. But the announcing, the making a big deal about it is you got to announce, look, you got Wonder Woman. That's in production. You have footage that you can show. Shazam. Footage you can show. Aquaman's coming out. Those are the things you're going to show. And then get everyone re-excited about who's the new Batman. When is this Superman? Put dates to it. Oh, Batman and Superman both coming out. Batman's coming out October 2020. Superman's coming out. Whatever. Just get a date on there. You know, mm-hmm. get the talent attached and announce it. That's all for me. That's I don't want to hear any more like coming in the future. I'm like, Ugh. well, I'm sorry. I've seen this already for like three years already now. It's like Flashpoint, all these other bad girl. Get out of here. And I'm not falling for it. And that's me. So, I mean, imagine just your regular people are like, oh, DC. Everyone I know is like DC's boring or they're bad or this or that. The only film they like is Wonder Woman. So that's just, you know, that's generally, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's like just normal people. And when I say normals, I'm not talking about you guys and gals who are watching this show. You're not normal. You're sweaties. So it's like you're like us. You're like into this stuff. You're into comic books. You're into all the stuff that we talk about. So that I'm saying that you're. You're above normal. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, you know, you're a little more advanced. Like, the regular types are just sort of like, yeah, I don't know about that Batman thing. You know what? You know what? All of us know, you know, yeah, when you talk to the regulars or whatever, they're disenfranchised at this point. They feel like, I got too, bur- I got too burned on Justice League. They're angry. Just like I was, but in a different way. So, um, hopefully, they're able to retrofit it and, and, and retcon it. Whatever they do, Hall H is the time to do it. This is this is the big opportunity, and it's next month. One month, yeah. Yeah, like Ru- RuPaul says, don't fuck it up. So anyway, Jason Robert Seaman says, having just read Superman Red Sun, Roka loved that, what would you think of being DC next animated film? I think it would be a really interesting one to see done as a film. Um, could be fun cast to, you know, to voice, voice cast it with all Russians, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe Trump can help us with that. So, uh, anyway, Superman Red Sun. It's already... I think that's in the thats in the animated spectrum. I feel like that's yeah. going to be happening very soon if they haven't already announced it. By seeing Gotham by, at Ga- by Gaslight, that was like... They're doing Superman Red Sun oh. next. That's like yeah. literally the next one that you do in the Elseworlds 
world. So I want to see that animated. So what do you think? I think that doing it not only soon because of Gaslight, but also like in a very different visual style would be a lot of fun. Like the like the credits for Incredibles 2, that beautiful like very cel-shaded darks and lights and that mm. like classic 20s totally. film flavor that like that old pulpy color. Russian propaganda. Like that's yeah, 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 like a Russian like propaganda poster with the pulpy flavor of the old comics yeah. would be a really cool way to do it. So not only would it make it stand out because the subject matter, it would make it stand out visually and it'd be really cool to have an animated movie. It'd be hard to do Red Sun live action. It's not going to happen. So do it animated and do it in that different flavor and I think it'd be a really bold, beautiful take on Superman. I'd yeah, love that. I think the DC animated universe is Go killing places. it. They're just like, they, like, they're like successfully, I mean, sometimes their animation's a little weak. They don't spend enough money on the animation mm. so it feels a little choppy and shoddy to me sometimes. They're pretty great. But story-wise, they're good and they're really adapting a lot of cool stuff so I feel like it makes sense to me. What do you think, Robert? Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. Bring it on. You know, I've said that. What I really want somebody to do though is the, the jam Dematius and the Kevin Maguire Justice League. Oh yeah, the funny Justice League. You know, yeah, I would. Lo- I, I would love to see like you know with with Elrond and the, all the crazy fire and ice. Yeah, and I loved Mr. all Mr. Miracle. That, the, yeah, I, I can't believe they haven't done that Booster yet. Booster Gold, Guy Gardner. Booster Gold. We, we got, when they announced that, I got so excited. And that I was mean, one of the ones that, like I want Booster. Yeah, that's that's the animated movie that I really want to see. Yeah. with with done with the Kevin Maguire style of faces. It could, and, that could be done though because uh, yeah. you know it's like yeah. every, every animator would be like. That totally fits the style. Yeah, of it. just yeah. like doing those. Hmm. Like all the, I even asked Kevin Regard, was like, do you look in the mirror when you just a nope? So he's just like, I think he used to when he was a kid or something. Stop lying, Kevin. Anyway, I was like, but all those faces when we, you know, when we were reading Just League, that original, that relaunch of the Just League, but it had that sense of humor. It, it was just magical to me, those, those original Just League. You know, I just bought the, I've been reading uh, the Justice League, the Detroit era mm. uh, omnibus, which is, uh, I'd love to see those characters too, like vibe. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Jeremiah Hurd asks, what are your thoughts on Cloak and Dagger? I'm enjoying it so far. I think it has a lot of potential. I just watched the first two episodes of Cloak and Dagger, and I actually really enjoyed it, too. I thought it's like it it's just like introduces you to the world of Cloak and Dagger, the two characters live in a different worlds, magically kind of, a, you know, bonded and early in life and then coming back together. It's a it's a pretty cool take. Uh I'm going to watch some more. You know, I don't know if I'm 100% sold on it. It's not like, it's not in the same realm as like a lot of things that I like, like Legion, or it's like, it's not in that realm. It's a little more CWE soap opery, but at the same time, it has a hard edge to it that I kind of appreciate it. Have you guys gotten a chance to check it out? I have not. I've seen it. Uh, I've watched the first, I haven't watched the, this week's, the third one yet, but I was really impressed at how adult it was. Yes. Uh, it, it's definitely got like a CW flavor, but, but like CW plus, like a little yeah. older. Like, you know, like you think of like a certain, like up to 17, this is like a, uh, there's like a, teen sex scene in a car that I was like, hey, you can't do right. that on the TV. Right. Uh, but I really like that they're taking characters I never thought would be on a long-form show, and they're giving them so much to play with. Like, I'm really invested in Tandy. I'm really invested in, like, her world and how she had to grow up that way. I'm really invested in his world because he's... he's uh, he reminds me of, like, a young... Uh, uh, like. He reminds me of so many kids I knew growing up that didn't, like, have comics. So it's really right. cool to see a kid be like, I don't know an outlet. It's really cool to see him, like, just stressing through, like, half-loving sports. And they feel so real that I really care about Cloak & Dagger more than the comics let me. Because the comics always had those, like, 11-issue runs that got canceled. Yes. And you got, like, half-invested. Right. And, like, and there they go. This in two episodes that I've seen, yeah. I'm already like, oh, this is the Cloak & Dagger I always wanted them to land on. And they're taking their time taking with the development of yeah. their relationship, which I really appreciate. I was like, you know, they're not just, like, hanging out together and she's, like, in the 
the fucking And it's meter. smart. Like, her boyfriend wasn't just a jerk. An yes. easy t- TV trope would have been like, oh, the guy that steals stuff with her is a total pig. No, right. no. He so cares about her yes. that it makes it more interesting that she's a little off. Like, yeah. It's a really smart show, it's, and I love the uh, special effects. I'm, I'm glad you said that. I'm in the same boat, and I feel like definitely check it out well, when you, you get a chance. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, I, you got, it's hard to get to things. I it's mean, a lot. Hey, I'm behind on Legion. Let's, we got three questions. Let's rock them. Steve Edwards asked, am I imagining this, or was James Franco confirmed to be playing Jamie Madrox, the multiple man, a while ago? What happened to this project? Do you still want to see this happen? Well, they announced uh, multiple man right around the time um, Fox. Yeah, the Fox-Disney kind of merger started getting talked about. And then, so I think the multiple man is so many years away, multiple yeah. years away, that I don't think it's going to happen. I think it was like, hey, let's make a comedy version with James Franco, like multiplicity, but it's superhero. And then, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I, I think it just got kind of washed away, and it will not happen. What do you think, Robert? I think exactly right. I think that it was announced. Uh, it wasn't in any state of going before the cameras. Right. They probably... James Franco probably told somebody, I've got this idea. I want to do multiple men. Someone said, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. And then it gets announced, but it was never a real project. Do you want to see it, Koi? I think it's like that show he was doing where he plays like two guys, and he's like, what a great thing. We should have him play right. two superhero guys. Right. And like, I think that turned into a bigger thing. I really like the idea of Jamie Madrox. I think he's a great character. Right. So I'd love to see it eventually. I don't think it's going to happen. I like the Deuce. That was actually in there making another season, which Fantastic I'm looking show. forward to. Yeah, I thought, be a really cool hero. even if it ended where it did, I was like, that was a cool one season, crazy look at, you know, at that strip of land, you know, <laughs> during the 70s. Like, you know, it's crazy world of 42nd Street. So Aziz asks, would you like to see a monstrous anime or live action series? Monstrous, the comic book, if you're not familiar with it. I would love to see an animated version. You know, I would love to see a live action version. Yeah. I think it's great either way. Um, you know, greedily, I'd love to see a live-action version because I feel sometimes with comic books, I'm already living an animated version. Yeah. Like, I'm reading it, and my mind can fill in the blanks, and they, the, the visuals come to life. So sometimes that's, at least for me, I'm less excited about, we're doing the animated version. Unless it looks completely stark different than the comic, I'd be like, oh, they're going to try something different. So if they went with an anime version of it, that could work too. What do you think? Uh, with Spider-Verse and Incredibles 2, I'm getting more and more sold on animated, especially for, like, what you can do with telling different kinds of stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, the budgets you can't necessarily get with live action. Right. Like, I mean, obviously Incredibles 2 costs a lot, but it made all the money back. But I, I really like that the way animation's going and the way it's, like, it's evolving. So I'm leaning more into, I like both. Uh, yeah, I'm in for either. What do you think? Well, me too. I mean, I would love <laughs> to see it get adapted. But I'm, I'm with you. I kind of feel like I'd rather see things in live action than animation. Although... Uh, only because, like you pointed out, when you're reading a comic, you're already reading something in animated form, and you always imagine, ever since I was a little kid, I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if this were real? And that's why Infinity War was so much fun, because you're seeing these gigantic, like, I never thought I would see Thor get smashed with the light of a neutron star, you know, (laughs) starting a a foundry in the middle of space. I mean, you're you're seeing these impossible images that were only possible once before, in comic books, but now that you can really do them, yeah. I mean, uh, the monsters, the the idea of what kinds of creatures can now be realized is now limitless. It is. I remember, th- you know, in '82 when the thing came out, you're like, oh my god, what they're <laughs> doing with, you know, Rob Bottin's makeup for the Howling, or or what Rick Baker did in American Werewolf in London. You're seeing this incredible stuff. Well, now they can do anything. Yeah. You know, they can do anything. So why not make it live action? I agree. Uh, last question is from Chris Woodburn, and he asks, "Love the show, Snap, and which trilogy do you all like more? The Dark Knight." or Captain America. That's uh, that's pretty tough. I mean... Uh, they both got two A's and a B-minus for me. 
for me, like, I really like the, I love Batman Begins and Dark Knight to a level that is unbelievable. Dark Knight, I think, is a virtually perfect film. And then for me, Dark Knight Rises is like a B. And then for Cap, it's like the first one's like a B. And then the second two are so, like, so they're almost tied in different ways. Like, one starts really strong right. and, like, finishes a little faltery. Right. Whereas Cap is like, they're both, like, Civil War and Dark Knight, both of their middle installments are the both, like, this is a full movie. This is a movie, full movie that just happens to have comic characters in it. Right. So they're both right there for me. Well, I'll say, for me, it's sad, but I have to say Captain America. Batman is one of my favorite characters. I absolutely love Batman Begins, and then it just levels up with The Dark Knight, which yeah. I think is like one of the best superhero fi- standalone films, period. I think it's like as the single most greatest, you know, single character story, you know, movies, The Dark Knight is my top. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the Avengers, Civil War, Captain America, all. This is my top, my own personal top five, but what... Captain America just ratchets up all three of them. Mm-hmm. I love Captain America. I really love Winter Soldier. And then Civil War is just astonishing on all levels. Every element of the storytelling from the villain, I think is one of the best supervillains of the MCU, is Zemo, a man without any superpowers who takes apart the Avengers and destroys them. Now that is of supervillain. So say what you will about the superpowered megalomaniacs who need to destroy galaxies and stuff. This is a guy on a mission of revenge because they indirectly killed his family. Uh, that's a supervillain. So mm-hmm. to me, I was like, and it also showed you the story strength of T'Challa not exacting yeah. revenge on the guy who killed his dad, being the better man. So I feel like everything about Civil War, not just the airport scene, which is fantastic <laughs> and unbelievable as a comic book fan, like to see that 17 to 18 minute sequence, just amazing. But the entire storyline, everything about it was unexpected and it worked. I mean, all those levels of even tearing apart the Winter Soldier and Iron Man and forcing Cap to make decisions. I think those kinds of things, less said about The Dark Knight Rises, the better for me. What a failure. So for me, as a trilogy, those first two films, as far as I'm concerned, are the only Batman films in the Nolan universe. I can't stand The Dark Knight Rises. What a failure. To me, it's like the best thing about it is Catwoman. So it's like, and that's the thing I was like, yeah, the Catwoman thing is probably going to be the thing that's weakest. To me, that was. Bane and Ross Al Ghul, all that stuff, what a failure. It just didn't, it did, for me, it didn't come together. It just felt like it was like inertly made, like the action scenes. I don't think Nolan was there. I think he was like planning on Dunkirk or whatever. It's like he was writing in, Inception. Whatever he was doing, he wasn't there. Like you see Batman swing, he's not even connecting with people. They're just falling. Watch that movie again. Watch the ba- the action sequences are very inert and bad. But Heath Joker, above all, for me. But that's what I'm like, saying. That's, that's I'm so saying, hard because Heath but Joker. But it's a trilogy. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm saying I'm not, I'm not separating them. It's gotcha. a trilogy question. It has to be that. So. I'm not going to cheat. I have to pick Cap because those three movies, to me, are more satisfying than the three Batman films, even though The Dark Knight is better than all of them by itself. Well, you know, I'm going to have to go with Captain America on this, too, because, look, I love Batman Begins, and I adore The Dark Knight just like you. I like Batman uh, Dark Knight Rises even more than you did, but it's still, I don't think it's a great film. But the, the overall fantastical nature of Captain America... It, it, it reached in and sort of touched the kid in me, whereas Batman made it more real-world Batman, and it's, this is the Batman if, if he, he, you know, he was using military equipment right. to come up with his stuff, whereas the Captain America film embraced its pulp comic book origins and made me believe in, in Nazi super weapons and made me <laughs> believe in the Tesseract. And, right. You know, it, it, it did things. Those movies are, all three of them are treading this, this fantasy Again, my verisimilitude, my favorite word. They're treading, <laughs> treading a, a, a very difficult 
they're going down a very difficult road, and they could have failed at any moment. Any right. one of the elements. There's so many amazing, fantastical things that they've introduced. The, you know, the Triskelion and the shield helicarriers that are going to target people. And right. it was it was just seeing that that base where they're all being constructed, and there's just everything about it touched the fantastic film fan in me. I never thought I'd see Captain America movies, especially after we'd seen. You know what happened before. What you just mentioned. I want to get to this, Cody. We're going to jump to the sweaty question of the week. We're doing it, Roca. We're doing it. Chad Allen has got the sweaty question of the week. It's from Chad Allen Guerrera, and it says, "What is your favorite, most sweatiest Easter egg in a comic book movie that you found and still geek out about?" Mine will always be Doctor Strange getting name dropped in Captain America: The Winter Soldier. So you're talking about the Triskelion. I'm going to quickly say my favorite sequence is also from the Winter Soldier, it's Arnim Zola showing up it's on those insane. computer screen. Because I was like, finally, are we going to get the weird Kirby dude? Like, he's like, I'm Arnim Zola in a monitor. No, but we do get something almost as good where he shows up. He's like, yes, that's me, you know? So Toby gets a little a little flavor. What do you think? Okay, one quick OG one would be yeah. an Iron Man 1 when you see the Captain America shield. Not in Iron Man 2 when it's obvious, but when the first one, when you're like, Wait, 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 is that... And, like, it was before the universe was really built. It was when I didn't know superhero movies could go there. That was the first sign of the MCU to come for me, was the moment of, like, wait, does Iron Man have... That was beautiful. More modern one would be uh, Donald Glover holding onto the trunk of a car that says Ultimate Spider-Man number one in acronym form on the trunk because that references his first appearance of Miles Morales, which is a character based off Donald Glover. And then he plays the uncle of that character, but that is the uncle of Miles Morales. And then he mentions his nephew, which is Miles Morales. So, effectively, Donald Glover plays the movie representation of a character that he helped represent while also holding onto a freaking license plate that is the acronym of the first appearance of that character. That is such a deep cut meta what? Easter egg. Yeah, I know when they're like, <laughs> I didn't even know about He's the license Aaron plate. Davis. Yeah, it's like, that's super, insane. It's craziness. He's the, he is he plays the prowler. His own uncle. Yeah. Hopefully they bring him into the prowler universe. What do you think? Well, in Twilight Zone, the movie, when the, in the Vietnam sequence, when they said, I, I told you guys we shouldn't have shot Lieutenant Niedermeyer. Oh, wait, uh. that's not. That's just my favorite in joke. <laughs> anyway, right. it's just reference to Animal House. Right, Animal House. Yeah, they're like, Niedermeyer? Yeah. It's the best thing ever. I, I was the only one in the theater that laughed. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I think, I hate to say this, but I love the fact that they cast Sam Jackson as mm-hmm. Nick Fury. Because it was, talk about meta. You know, I love Ultimates, the, the Ultimate Avengers. Yes. And, and when they introduced a black Nick Fury that was clearly based on Sam Jackson. Yeah. And then they just went and got Sam Jackson. It's, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I love that. To me, was how the beginning when he shows up at the end of Iron Man One. It, it, it was. It shows how in touch that Kevin Feige and the Marvel Cinematic Universe actually is with what they're doing. Yeah, the fact that they just well, who's going to play Nick Fury? Well, we could have gone with the white Nick Fury. Right. David you know, Hasselhoff is still available. It, I mean, we, yeah, we could have done that, but they didn't. They're like, well, I love the Nick Fury. You know Fury. what's crazy? And they went and got him. I'll yeah. end this with a little nugget. Like I, I did a, a cartoon show with Samuel L. Jackson. And I brought my uh, Ultimates hardcover. I was like, I was directing a show with him, and I was like, "Hey, uh, Mr. J- Mr. Jackson, can you would you mind signing this for me after we did the VO?" So I was cool with him. He's like, "Yeah, no problem." Opened it up to the page, the first panel where it's Samuel L. Jackson drawn by Brian Hitch. And he's like, "What's this?" And I was like, "It's the Ultimate. It's it, it's the Ultimates." And I was like, "Is he effing with me?" And I still don't know. I still because he was like, he asked his uh, his assistant. He was like, "Write this down. I need to get this." I was like. This dude is totally screwing with me. <laughs> but he totally signed it. I was like, thanks, man. And then I had him sign the other volume. I was like, you're also in this one. He's like, oh. Mark Miller I gotta, never asked yeah, him he was to like, do it. He was like, I got to get these. That's, yeah. And, I, was just, I, and I, I said stupidly, I was like, you know, that's why they, you're in this, because of this. He's like, really? 
Thanks for effing with me. Thanks for watching the show. Coy, Robert, and myself, thank you. Come to Las Vegas and hang out with us, sweaties. It's in a week and a half. We'll see you then. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for. And done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face. And done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call.